Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Horrible Things Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about horrible things. I am your host, Emma Sexton, and today I am joined by my friends and guests. Chase, again. And Caitlin, again. Yay! Okay, also, just before, straight out the gate, uh, why don't you guys give your um, anything you want to plug real quick, like your Instagrams, anything like that, just so people know where to find you. Um, You can follow me at... at Oki Media, O-K-I-M-E-D-I-A. I'm just a videographer. You can check out my stuff. Um, you can hit up my Instagram, uh, Katie Thu, C-A-I-T-Y-P-H-U. You, I, I am also a filmmaker. Find your stuff there. We got Aww. some links. All filmmakers over here. Aww. Making uh, a podcast where you, you can can't find visually see anything. My personal Instagram at Horrible Things Podcast. <laughs> it's <laughs> the only place you can find me. Uh, She's nowhere else to be found. <laughs> I'm kidding, but I actually followed the Instagram. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So on last week's episodes, we talked about Ted Bundy, a very media man, uh, very dumb. Yeah, idiot. Not a great guy. Stupid. Extremely wicked, shockingly, shockingly evil, and, and vile. <laughs> so uh, I get it. Why do we say it? <laughs> <laughs> so last week we talked about Ted Bundy, and this week we are going to be talking about the Chernobyl nuclear accident. So if you guys have been keeping up with your uh, television recently, you'll probably know that HBO has come out with a new series called Chernobyl, and this series is basically just about the Chernobyl nuclear accident. It's actually currently, um, at the time of recording, the highest ever rated TV show in hmm. ever. Which is insane because like, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard of it. And the things I've heard about it are amazing, which is crazy because it came out like... did you, Was it before you came up with the idea for the episode or... Yeah, it was. it came out um, the night the first episode dropped. I decided we were going to do this. Okay, because I... When Emma first told me that we were going to do Chernobyl, I hadn't heard, I didn't hear about the show yet. And so now it's like, I kind of connected it. I was like, oh my God, like this is going to be amazing. Yeah. I'm shocked also that it's gotten such incredibly high reviews because it's a mini series. There's only five episodes of it and there's four out right now. The show is almost done. Cool. But Chernobyl is still going on. But Chernobyl is still going on. All right. So should we, should we get right into it? Yeah. I think we've so. got a lot of ground to cover. All right. Speaking of a lot of ground to cover, R- radiation. Radiation. <laughs> <laughs> let's set the scene, ladies and gents. Let's set the scene. So, the date is September 26, 1977. The Chernobyl nuclear power station is in what is today Ukraine, but in 1977, obviously, we're still in USSR time. So, Ukraine is a part of the USSR. So, Near Kiev in Ukraine, uh, the Chernobyl nuclear power station starts giving electricity to lots of parts of the USSR. So before we get into the actual what happens with Chernobyl, I thought it would probably be a little important just for me to kind of um, explain (laughs) how a nuclear power station works, just so you guys kind of can understand when I start to explain parts of the disaster and what went wrong. It'll make more sense that way. Um, so a nuclear power station in a normal power plant, uh, steam that gets built up is made into electricity by burning coal. So they burn coal that creates steam, then they can create electricity in a nuclear power station. The way that they create electricity is through nuclear fission, 
which um, in the case of Chernobyl, they use an element called uranium-235. We're getting scientific on this podcast, okay? (laughs) So they use uranium-235, which is an element that has um, neutrons that kind of fly all over the place. So nuclear fission is when they put uranium-235 together. When those neutrons hit each other, it creates energy, like a lot of energy, which then creates heat. That heat then creates steam, which then creates electricity. So nuclear fission is basically the process that is happening when a nuclear power station um, is supplying electricity. So um, nuclear nuclear fission is happening by... There's two fuel rods in most nuclear reactors, which is the core where the fission is happening. There's fuel rods that have the uranium-235 in them. These fuel rods are typically, in the case of Chernobyl, surrounded by a giant graphite sphere or structure. Because uh, in uranium-235, the neutrons are actually moving so fast that if they were just in a big, open, empty space, there would be not a very good chance of them actually colliding and creating energy Mm -hmm. just because they're moving so incredibly fast. And uh, so they create this graphite sphere so they can kind of make sure that the neutrons are hitting each other and Mm -hmm. keeping them encased because graphite actually helps to um, speed up nuclear fission and kind of make that process happen faster. Another important part of a nuclear power station is there's something called control rods. So certain elements like graphite and things like that that I was talking about speed up nuclear fission. Certain other elements like boron, um, which is what control rods in Chernobyl are made of, slow down nuclear fission. So when the control rods are in, it they're able to, this is going to sound really fancy, the control rods are used to moderate nuclear flux. And what that means is basically control the speed at which the neutrons in the power station mm-hmm. are hitting each other. So that's basically to make sure it doesn't superheat and make lava. I don't know how any disaster happened because the people here at Chernobyl sound like they know what they're doing. Yeah. And yeah Emma, vision knows, and Emma knows what, what she's doing, too, after Emma, a couple Google searches. If, <laughs> if Emma was running Chernobyl, nothing bad would have happened. All I can say is that I'm so happy that I didn't think I wanted to be a nuclear physicist because there's so much stuff that you have to know to make this run correctly. It's crazy. Sounds like you just need a ball of graphite and some rods to me. <laughs> Just some pencil lead and some uranium. Yeah. Uh, shout out to our nuclear physicists. Yeah, I know. Listeners. Now, <laughs> now for all intents and purposes, now we're all nuclear physicists. Now that we kind of understand what's going on here, we're all nuclear physicists. We can make our own Chernobyl power make one, plant. Everybody make <laughs> because it went a so well the first time <laughs> in your hometown. <laughs> That's what this pot, we're asking you all to try to make your own Chernobyl app. That, Back at home. Any yeah. kids listening, great science experiment. Create nuclear fission in your middle school. You, you're going to want to do it your on Your parents your are going to love it. Bring it to your science fair. <laughs> yeah. It'll be super hot. <laughs> what? <laughs> I guess we're not. We, our knowledge doesn't extend to temperature, Emma. Oh, uh, well, when nuclear fission is really hot, it can create lava. It's super, super hot. That's, That's how it gets steamed to be made into electricity. That's, cool. That's um, actually important to know. So. Yeah. Our host is a nerd. Should we go? No. This is dumb. Go. Hey, guys. <laughs> guys. I'm not a nerd, okay? But I have to say, though, That's the nerd amount of weird looks I got today, I'm sitting in the library, like, making final research. What does uh, 
acute radiation poisoning due to the body. People walk by. I'm like looking at <laughs> weird things, trying to figure things out for this podcast. I sacrifice my public reputation for this podcast. Yeah, uh, now the city of H. Nobody city- goes to the library anymore. It's okay. Yes, they do. Now no. the city there knows. There were so many people there today. Now the city what? knows that Emma has been affected by uh, radiation poisoning. Now the city knows <laughs> I will be starting my own nuclear power station. And there's nothing you can do to stop me. <laughs> this is a warning to everyone listening. Yes. Emma is Emma is now a nuclear physicist. My name will is Will Craig Chernobyl, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, what's that physicist? Marie something? Or what? Nuclear? Calendar. Marie. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't get it for like two seconds. I was, because uh, this is actually kind of coincidental. I, um, this morning, I was watching a YouTube video about radiation. And I'm the nerd. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm like, it was for like research. the most. It was the most radioactive places on Earth. And. Um, Wait, I uh, saw that. Like by. Virtu- and it's one guy, and he goes all the way through, and at the end, it's the Chernobyl basement. Yeah. Yep, I but watched then that video. It ended up being a smirking ad because. Yeah, I know most- that was kind of a disappointment. No, but it's also cool though, because like you can either um, sit in the basement. Listeners, I am actually doing a podcast with two nerds <laughs> should i go caitlin is wearing a shirt that says i love gay people i just want to bring that up <laughs> it's handmade i took some fabric markers caitlin's an art nerd i just realized I love my camera and is i'm an art nerd that exposed. just loves gay people is someone gonna steal my camera where is it in my car no you'll be fine okay so let's just <laughs> Let's get right back into it. In February of 1986, Soviet officials are quoted talking to the media in the USSR saying that the odds of a nuclear meltdown at Chernobyl are 1 in 10,000 years. I went to 10,000 different realities. (laughs) How many did we melt down? (laughs) Oh, my God. One. I'm sorry if I tell you which reality. You guys have seen Endgame, right? Oh, no. Yes. I thought she slapped for no reason. No, I laughed because I'm knowledgeable. I thought it was some Rick and Morty shit. <laughs> nerd, nerd, nerd alert. Guys, just so you know, this is the nerd episode okay. for all you nerds out there. You're nerdle. <laughs> okay. So, uh, the leading scientists and party leaders are estimating this that one in 10,000 years is the probability of a meltdown. So, keep in mind that there are four reactors at the Chernobyl site that each have. Uh, these are four 1,000 megawatt reactors and two additional reactors that they're planning on building at this time in February 1986. Another uh, piece of background information that's important to keep in mind is that the Chernobyl uh, nuclear power plant is staffed by normal people living in the USSR. So there's a town about three kilometers away from the Chernobyl power plant uh, called Pripyat. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. It's Pripyat, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) It's three kilometers away. Pretty much everyone that lives in that town works at the plant. It's basically just a town made up of the plant workers and their families. A family business. (laughs) (laughs) But pretty much everyone that lives there is either a plant worker, that's like 90%, or work at a hospital or are a first responder of some type. So it's a a fairly small town, over 100,000 people. Okay, okay. So it's not too small, but there are a lot of people who are... Yeah, small small in terms of uh, Russia. Also, I always find it so funny how Russia's entire strat in both world wars is just, we got a lot of people. Let's just 
put them all out there. <laughs> there no, there's strategies. We got a lot of people. We can survive the winter. Oh, I was just going to say that. <laughs> we Damn have it. coats. <laughs> the winter soldiers. This when is the Avengers episode. Germany be like, it's not going to be that cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. God, we're going to get. By all the by all the Soviets hosted. listening to this podcast, yeah. to all y'all Soviets, <laughs> all y'all Soviets. Sorry about your papito. <laughs> <laughs> oh so sorry about your meltdown accident. Uh, oh fuck! Okay, I actually am though. This is kind of a bummer episode. I'm. Let's continue. I'm glad that. it's not too sad yet. But on um, April twenty fifth, nineteen eighty six, it's one a.m. This is basically the start of the end for the chernobyl nuclear plant uh this the day that it actually ex- well okay i won't spoil it but the day that the accident happens is going to be the 26th but this is 1 a.m thanks to the fact that uh radiation poisoning kills people kind of slowly we do have almost a second by second account of the when the accident actually happened oh, that's so crazy. yeah so april 25th 1986 it's 1 a.m so the operators at Chernobyl uh, on the night shift are trying to run a safety test mm. because uh, they want to basically see how the plant would be able to function on a low amount of power. It's 1986, so we're right in the middle of the Cold War, basically. So they're worried any day about a U.S. attack, and they're wondering if something happens and our grid goes down and we need to run on really low power... <laughs> How well will we be able to keep this plant going and avoid a nuclear meltdown? So they start uh, running this test. And the test is supposed to determine um, if there is a power failure, can the turbines produce enough electricity to keep the core cool during the brief break where there's going to be uh, some sort of a power outage? Mm -hmm. So unfortunately and ironically, it's this safety test that is going to bring about the nuclear accident. Um, so, April 25th. That guy must feel bad. <laughs> yeah, probably. That's like the guy that um, ended up accidentally burning down the Notre Dame. Like, he probably feels the same way. Like, I did this. <laughs> it's just oh such a bummer because the thing that you'll notice as we continue to go through is that there were so many places that this could have been avoided. And in the show, if you do watch Chernobyl show, there's a great line where he talks about that the failure could have only been brought about by people who had already made pretty much every mistake to bring it to the brink of failure. Oh That's crazy. So there's a lot of things going wrong here. And on April 25th. Lesson learned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> honestly. Well, not so much because they, we'll talk about it later. Oh, April 25th, 1986. It's 2 p.m. now. So we're just 1 a.m. Now it's 2 p.m. Uh. In reactor number four, the emergency core cooling system is turned off because they don't want it to interfere with the safety test. That's smart. And this doesn't cause <laughs> the accident, but it is part of the reason that the impact of the accident was so bad. And when I was saying earlier that fission creates a lot of heat, I meant a lot of heat. Like if you look heat. at if you look at other That's nuclear good. meltdowns like Fukushima, you can see that if there's no ability to cool the core, the heat created from nuclear fission can melt through feet of concrete. And it's, it's, uh-huh, it's hot. hot. <laughs> so April 25th, 1986 at 11, 10 p.m., uh, operators in Chernobyl received permission to 
continue with the test. Um, so something that they talk about in the show and on articles online is that the night staff at Chernobyl was less experienced than the daytime staff. Like it was just kind of well known that the people who were on at night were not as good as the people who went on during the day. Mm-hmm. And my question is just like, why? Because why? It's still doing the same thing in the morning yeah. and the night. And it's like it are. It doesn't make sense to me that, like, all the good people would be on during the day and all the people who weren't great would be on it's at night. because the good people want to party at night. <laughs> it's just, like, don't you understand how dangerous this is? Like, why would there it's be the risk? Honestly, I think, I think at the time they were like, this isn't dangerous. I can, yeah. see, I can foresee no risk. <laughs> I do wonder how much of it is lack of knowledge versus just being a Dumb. little bit ignorant. Yeah. Well, I think even if they didn't know Chernobyl was going to happen. At some point, you have to be like, we got to be careful with our power plant that could have an accident, you know? You got to take some kind of precaution with your power plant because I feel like even like 24-hour or like in and out, they have morning and night shifts. They don't throw all their bad people on the night shift and they're not a nuclear power plant. They're a burger place. Exactly. (laughs) Although there would be a catastrophe if in and out stopped working. Dun-dun. (laughs) <laughs> are you foreshadowing something i mean this is like i have to say did my, you do something my nuclear power plant is going to be inside in and out <laughs> forgot to mention that but um this is like one of the first nuclear reactors though so they probably thought it was more safe than it actually was kind of the ussr had a few others but i think another part of it is back in these days the ussr didn't ever really want to admit that anything was going wrong which you'll definitely see later so it's like i guess it's that whole mentality of everyone is equally as good as everyone else because if not it means that we have weakness and the ussr just didn't want to show weakness all right so then they launched something a dog into space did they yeah sputnik right sputnik was unmanned I'm pretty sure Sputnik didn't have a dog on it. No. Okay. This As I said in the last ep- or the first episode, we are not experts of Batman. Yeah, we are no we are experts not. of space. <laughs> Let us go. We are not even experts of nuclear physics. The only things we know about, Ted Bundy and Chernobyl. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the only things I know. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah, oh my gosh, guys. To I wanted to totally bring this up during the podcast. But do you ever have that uncomfortable moment where someone says something that is not really related to true crime or like something terrible and you just have like an instant thought where you're like, oh, that's related to blah, 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 something true crime related. And like, yes, Ma- my friend Mason, okay, he's talking to me. He's like, oh, I'm going to University of Puget oh Sound. God. I was like, oh my gosh, did you know Ted Bundy went there? <laughs> And he's like, uh, Ted Bundy? I was like, yeah, he murdered like 30 people. It was crazy. And then there was just that awkward silence <laughs> of like, why are you bringing up murder while I'm trying to tell you about my future? <laughs> but yeah. You ever have those moments? You have to. I think I do. I think in terms of your Mason incident, he's educated now. You have might have saved his life now that he's more cautious. But yeah. Okay. Anyway. So, uh... It's at 11.10 that the less experienced night shift workers come on the scene, okay? Okay, the fool squad. (laughs) What is this? Some type of (laughs) fool squad? (laughs) You guys know the fool 
squads taking the 3 a.m. shift yeah. at our power plant. <laughs> oh, my God. Ain't nothing going wrong tonight, baby. Hey, we don't have anyone scheduled for the night shift tonight. Who should we send over? The full squad. <laughs> you know the ones who don't know how to do anything? <laughs> you know send the ones who don't, who don't know nuclear physics? The ones that they want to pull a test for fun? Yeah. Wait, I'm going to just turn off the cooler for the fourth reactor. Is that okay? Okay. Cool. Sounds good to me. What All the mean? other fools? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're like Pokemon. They only fool, fool. That's all they say. <laughs> fool, fool, fool. Fool number one motioning to the power, like cooler. Fool, button. fool. He's like, fool? <laughs> the rest of the fools are like, fool. <laughs> okay. So it is uh, 1110 when the fool squad comes on the scene. <laughs> Um, and April 26, 1986, at 12.28 a.m., so the power in the plant is going way below what was considered stable, way below what they even wanted to experiment with mm. for this um, power thing. And because of this, basically, the fission, it's not happening as fast. So against the safety guidelines of the plant, they start pulling the control rods, which are supposed to control the moderate the flux if we're being technical of the neutrons moderate my flux okay i cut that out because i don't know a lot about chernobyl i like i thought it was like an act like really just i get it's an accident but i just thought it was something like compl- like someone spilled over water no like no they did things like they yeah. were out there consciously like doing things to it so april 26 1986 at 1 a.m it's like one twenty three oh four a.m. It's very specific. The test officially begins. So then this is basically when the actual explosion happens because it wasn't a nuclear meltdown. It was a nuclear explosion pretty much because mm-hmm. uh, the test begins and an, a power surge, like they were running on low power, a power surge they weren't expecting occurs. Uh, they hit the emergency shutdown button Mm -hmm. that they have but this is actually linked to the um, power surge because when they hit emergency shutdown the control rods jam into the core and this causes the explosion not only because there's the power surge but because on the control rod it's basically a long tube of boron but on either end of it there's graphite little graphite holding the boron together Mm. graphite is an element that speeds up nuclear fission so when it jams into the core the first thing that goes in is graphite before any of the boron and there was just a power surge so this basically causes the entire reactor to blow up not just a tank not just part of the building the reactor core has exploded nuclear fission is happening without anything to contain it there is a giant billowing cloud of radioactive smoke coming out of chernobyl and the graphite reactor is scattered all over the building on the roof across the ground outside and this is where the casualties start to basically happen i'm assuming that everyone like instantly died that was inside no so two people died from the actual impact of the explosion right uh and oh only two that's not bad Uh, (laughs) it's it's gonna get worse uh so two people die initially from the explosion the explosion blows the roof off of the building it's a thousand ton roof the explosion is so powerful it blows the roof off and this basically ball of fire 
goes into the air. And uh, like I said, fission is happening. So there's a fire happening down in the reactor. But the explosion has also caused multiple other fires to start all around the reactor. And keep in mind, the other three reactors are still running and the building is on fire. Can you imagine the rest of the full squad like just looking up at the sky like, oh, shit. <laughs> like just watching. <laughs> yeah. And it's Ooh. like, it's crazy because you look, people that saw the explosion say that after they saw it, they could literally see, they didn't know what it was, but the radiation of the explosion was making the sky around it glow because oh, it was ionizing God. the air. That's how radioactive it was. And so those two workers that died initially in the explosion honestly had an easier way out yeah. than some of the people that were in the plant right in the area that was affected right away, you know. Mm-hmm. So there are these chunks of graphite laying around. There's radioactive smoke billowing over this entire plant. And three kilometers away are 100,000 people. Who have no idea what's going on. Mm. No idea that there's a giant cloud of radioactive smoke headed their way. And something that I kind of wanted you guys to know before we go into the next part. Just so it makes more sense of the scale of what we're actually dealing with here. I wanted to kind of explain another little sciencey part. uh, Talk about radiation. The amount that we experience every day. And the amount that they were experiencing in this time basically when all this was happening wait i actually know a little bit about this Ooh, give me your give me your background so in the video that i watched it said that potassium is a little bit radioactive so whenever you eat bananas you get a little bit of radiation and i think it was like you get one out no you get like a bananas worth of radio micron whatever an hour yeah, so typically the the unit that um, radiation is measured measured in is either millisieverts or micro microsieverts. Uh, microsieverts. Yeah, yeah microsieverts is a unit of radiation. So we typically encounter just in our day to day life about 0.8 microsieverts of radiation, which is like what like eight millionths of a sievert. It's How like many bananas. Nothing. <laughs> How many bananas? So. Um, Obviously, that's much smaller than one sievert, you know. Uh, Mm -hmm. Back in 1986, the unit that they used to measure radiation was the Röntgen. I totally said that wrong, but (laughs) Röntgen. And one Röntgen equals 0.00877 sieverts. So still not even uh, a full sievert, not even half a sievert. One sievert is enough radiation on your body that they've begun to see links from one to nine sieverts between that is the time when the radiation will start to affect your body in that you'll probably get cancer and die at a young age because of the amount of radiation that you're exposed to. Oh God. Just to be careful, I am done eating bananas. That's <laughs> no more what potassium. I got from that. That's like micro sieverts. So I'm talking one to nine sieverts. Mm-hmm. And that much is you'll one to four you will probably die a few years early through cancer. You will probably get some type of cancer, thyroid cancer. That will probably kill you. Uh, Anywhere from like five to nine, you're looking at cutting your life expectancy basically in half just because of that. Over 10 sieverts is a fatal dose. 
you will probably die anywhere from a day to three months after you've been poisoned by the radiation. So, I, most... I also heard that, um, I think it's like the micro, the micro sievers, is that the... That's unit? just a tiny sievert. Yeah, yeah, I think, actually no, I think in the video they were talking about CT scans. CT scans, yeah. Yeah, they use it as like 3,000 times the normal dose, which isn't that bad when you think about like... The, micro sieverts. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, any type of x-ray is going to be putting a... Um, an abundance of radiation into your body and that kind of leads into the next thing I was going to talk about is that the radiation a lot of it there's radiation all around us there's radiation coming from my computer these microphones the ground rocks everywhere but the only type of radiation that's really dangerous to our body is ionizing radiation so that's what was at Chernobyl was uh, in the form of neutrons ionizing radiation that's the type that can really damage your body and um Ionizing radiation in the form of neutrons, which is what we're talking about, can travel. These neutrons can travel up to 200 feet through the air, and they can pass through just about anything. They can pass through your body. They can pass through metal. They can pass through pretty much every type of clothing, even though you see people wearing those hazmat suits and things Mm -hmm. for neutron and other types of radiation. It's not going to do much if you're exposed to that many sieverts because you have to think the neutrons are tiny. They're passing through your body. They're going to be able to easily pass through your clothes. That's another thing in, in Chernobyl uh, in the show. You can see how they give people these masks and things to wear. But you see that the officials, other people, they're not wearing them because they it's, know, it's they like, are right, yeah. it, do- it doesn't do So it's just anything. like a comfort mechanism. Yeah, so. pretty much. So when someone is poisoned by ionizing radiation, what's happening is that all these neutrons... I'll talk about from t- one to nine sieverts, all these neutrons are passing through your body. They're tiny. So what they do is they actually are so small that they start to break your DNA apart. They can break oh your double God. helix. They can take out parts of your DNA. And that's what's later down the line going to cause cancer is the fact that being near this radiation, these neutrons are going through your body and breaking apart your DNA. When you're exposed to more than 10 sieverts, that's when it gets really, really brutal. The amount of neutrons passing through your body is not only going to destroy your DNA, but it's going to start microwaving you from the inside out, basically. Mm. It's going to start melting your skin off, basically. It's going to start passing through your organs and opening them up inside you. It's going to leave people in the most intense amount of pain like slowly being burned alive from the inside out and you can't take any pain medication from it because the neutrons are breaking apart your arteries and your blood and your bone marrow and things you can't hold any pain medication Mm -hmm. inside you the neutrons are damaging your bone marrow and getting rid of all your white blood cells so your body can't fight off any sort of infection because you have no more white blood cells left so yeah. basically, when you're exposed to more than 10 sieverts, radiation poisoning is like one of the worst ways to go when it's that much because it's just utter pain for up to three weeks with nothing. It, there's nothing you can do. And once you're exposed, it can happen in over 10 sieverts. You've got a minute and then you're dead in three weeks. Dead in three weeks? It can be up to three weeks. Oh, for fuck. some, when you're, I'm saying if you're exposed to 10, 15 sieverts, 
You're dead in three weeks. Oh, and it, it, um, in the video, it said it's like calculated per hour. So it's like 10 sieverts for an hour. 10 sieverts for an hour will kill you really, really fast. But you don't need that much. Okay. Because once it gets on you, yeah. you're contaminated. Mm-hmm. It stays on your clothes. It stays yeah. around you. And the ionizing, it's just disrupting everything around it. Is that how it kind of just destroys everything? It comes... It's just that there's the ionizing radiation it's just that it passes through everything it comes in a lot of different ways x-rays ionizing radiation gamma rays are ionizing radiation neutrons alpha and uh alpha and beta um are types of ionizing radiation it's just that it will go through your body the way they describe it in the show is it's like tiny bullets going through your body destroying everything oh, and there are so many of those neutrons being used in the Chernobyl power reactor. You have mm-hmm. to think. 10, 10 sieverts will kill you. It's fatal. It's absolutely fatal. And it, it's awful. And if we get back to the situation that's actually happening at Chernobyl where we left off right now, the core is just blown up, right? The chief engineer on site at that time, Alexander Akimov, is unwilling to accept the fact that the core could have blown up because it was considered impossible so he's like nope a tank blew up a tank blew up it set the roof on fire a tank blew up it set the roof on fire that's all that happened nothing else happens officials uh come in they use dosimeters which are things you can measure the radiation with Mm -hmm. the only dosimeters they had only went up to 3.6 rundgren which is about 0.032 sieverts all of them are maxing out Instead of thinking, oh, it's probably more than this, they just say, oh, well, that's not too bad. It won't kill us, but they're reading Uh, all these saying, that must be the number. Did no one see the gigantic explosion in glowing sky? Nobody inside the plant was willing to accept it because of the the idea. So they're leaving it. Literal fools. Leaving the reactor open. And so all the dosimeters are maxing out. They can't get one that reads higher than 0.032 sieverts basically yeah, they probably didn't expect it to yeah and when they actually do get a dosimeter that can read very high as soon as they pull it out into the air it breaks oh my, oh god. my gosh and they just say oh it must have been broken when they get another one it maxes out and they just say oh it must be defective so they completely are unwilling especially Kimov, the chief engineer will not listen to anyone who says no the reactor blew up we need to fix this we need to fix this won't listen to it won't accept that there are two sides to it because like on one side it's like you're an idiot fool like what are you doing there are people's lives at stake but like seeing it like i also feel kind of like pity in a way where it's just kind of like like where this was like his life's work probably right no he was just someone who was working on the plant and the reality (laughs) of what had happened was just like they said one in ten thousand years they just didn't think it could happen and it did and all the he's sending all these engineers go look what happened go see go run outside the control room so while they're running around outside these plant workers thinking that they're experiencing 0.032 sieverts of radiation in reality the um, radiation level near the reactor inside the plant was about 300 sieverts oh my god oh 
So as soon as they step oh out into that radiation, after a minute, they've already killed themselves, basically. They ha- haven't died immediately, but they're already going to die as soon as they step out into that radiation because 10 Wait, can so kill you. is inside the plant, is that not contaminated yet? No, it is. They're inside the plant. When you, you said when they step out into the They radiation? step out of the control room because that was room? sealed off. Oh, okay. That wasn't getting very much radiation. They step outside of that to go through the hallways mm-hmm. to see the reactor and they've killed themselves in a minute because 10 sieverts will kill you they are walking around in 300 oh god so it's hard to like imagine every operator who stepped outside of the control room including akimov died from radiation poisoning and uh unfortunately Akimov was so unwilling to accept the fact that possibly the reactor that exploded that his immediate thought was, well, somebody called the firefighters to get in here so they can put out the fire. So they send for the fire department and get a bunch of firefighters at 1.28 a.m. who arrive on the scene knowing nothing about the fact that there's deadly amounts of radiation all over the site, not wearing any protective clothing because they just didn't know. They just thought, oh, it's a fire. And they were unwilling to say anything else. That's mm-hmm. crazy how you cannot feel that, you know? Like, they're there and it's just like, whatever. Like, th- like even though there's so much radiation in the area, it's not, in, like, physical enough that they could just tell, you know? Yeah. yeah. And like, it's just happening to them and they have no idea. Yeah, that is the scary thing, too. It's because it's invisible. Mm-hmm. And it's killing them. And here's some quotes from firefighters who survived that night and have given statements about the situation. So here's one quote. We arrived there at 10 or 15 minutes to 2 in the morning. We saw graphite, that's the core, scattered about. Misha asked, is that graphite? I kicked it away. Kicking. The core of a nuclear reactor. Is that graphite? I kicked it away. But one of the fighters on the other truck picked it up. It's hot, he said. The pieces of graphite were of different sizes, some big, some small, enough to pick them up. When that guy grabbed the, they also show this in the show, when that guy grabs the graphite, they show 10 minutes later, his hand, open wounds all over his hand because he's picked up easily over 500 sieverts of radiation just by touching that graphite and he touched it with a glove. Holy shit. So how did that guy, the one that kicked it away, how did he survive? Uh, he must have just not gotten enough. The main, the most amount of radiation was coming through that, um, the halls of the actual plant. Mm-hmm. But most of these firefighters, that's the thing about radiation. He might still be alive now, but there's a good chance that his life expectancy is 100% going to be cut short and he will get cancer. Mm-hmm. Because it's a slow-moving poison, basically. And here's one more uh, quote from another firefighter. We didn't know much about radiation. Even those who worked there had no idea. There was no water left in the trucks. Misha filled a cistern and we aimed the water at the top. Then those boys who died went up to the roof. Uh, Vashchik, Kolya, and others, Veloida, Pravik, they went up to the ladder and I never saw them again because the roof is where the open core is just billowing smoke. Everyone that went up to the roof who was a firefighter to try to put out the fire died. Oh, God. Radioactive. 
Oh, also in the video, um, the firefighters, like, after they started figuring out the effects of the radiation, they started taking off their the their firefighter jackets and stuff, and they just threw it on the site, and they, like, all booked it. Yeah. Well, um, it's because of this poor lack of handling of the situation, they basically have estimated that between 31 to 54 first responders and plant workers died of radiation poisoning oh on yeah, this I'm night sure. alone. And that is 31 to 54 people died a horrible death. Do you know why they don't want to expose themselves? Do you know why people don't have like a specific number of? Yeah. So it's actually because this is super interesting. When Soviet officials go in to this kind of gets to the next part. Um, Also really quick. I just want to say it's 31 to 54, not to mention the people who became contaminated once they got to the hospital because their clothes were all contaminated with radiation. Mm. Not to mention the nurses touching these radioactive people over and over again. Not to mention the fact that basically any... The hospital, there's a lot of pregnant women. And if you're pregnant, your fetus, your baby, is going to absorb the radiation. So lots of babies were born and then died because they had gotten radiation poisoning. So, uh, and kind of what Chase was saying too, the clothes that are in the basement of the hospital today, this happened in 1986, today they carry 400 times the amount of radiation the average person is exposed to in a year, today. Oh God. So we're going to take a trip to Chernobyl at the end of this episode. Take a look I'm not at- even kidding. I really want to go to Chernobyl. No, Emma? You can go. No? You can only stay for an hour. Yeah. But you can go because they, well, I'll get to it later. But um, going back to your question, April 26, 1986, <coughs> at 2.15 a.m., Soviet officials um, near Chernobyl have a meeting. And basically what they decide is we don't want the world to know what has happened. They're unwilling to believe that the reactor, all of these officials are unwilling to believe the reactor has exploded. So... To prevent misinformation of people saying the reactor exploded from getting out, they decide they're going to make a perimeter around Pripyat. No one can leave. By government order, oh they're trapped God. in the town and the phones are the phone lines are cut. Are you so that no one can communicate outside of Pripyat. No one can say, We think the reactor exploded. We're all getting radiation just on us all the time animals are dying because of the radiation that's hitting Pripyat it's only three kilometers away and they're deciding we're gonna block everyone in so that nobody can tell what we think may have happened that's what the government is saying and shortly after that they shut down reactors three they shut down one and two the next day because during that whole thing they'd still been running the other reactors which is really bumming me out Yeah, and at 6.35, all the fires are, on April 26th still, all the fires are extinguished, except the fission fire, which is still going at the core, that fire will stay on for two weeks. Why don't they That fire will burn. You can't spray water on it, because it it could cause another explosion. So, what they do to deal with the fire in the core is that they get helicopters to go over the giant open pit of radiation and dump boron and sand onto it to try to stop the fission 
eventually it does stop it but people are killed in the process because going that close to that much radiation can cause technical failures in the planes Mm -hmm. it can cause radiation poisoning because you're flying over an open pit anyone who went directly over that pit died of radiation poisoning oh god so they really just sacrificed their lives yeah so basically a combination of nobody knowing what they should do in the first place when running the safety test a surge of power combined with no one wants to say what happened to the reactor and no one will let anyone in Pripyat leave and no one knows anything about the fact that the reactor could explode all these things combined lead to what creates the chernobyl disaster where people in pripyat aren't actually let out of the city until 36 hours after the initial explosion when radiation smoke has been spewing into the town for 36 hours what it sounds like is just they dealt with it terribly they like did ever like you were saying like basically every way they could have dealt with it wrong they dealt with it and like it was the it. fact of they didn't want to admit that they had done something wrong yeah the ussr was unwilling to say we messed up there's a disaster they were willing to do anything to save face basically was what it was mm-hmm. and on that lovely note uh, we are going to end episode one here and we will pick up uh, next week with episode two where we're going to talk about the evacuation and everything that happened in the government and uh, the other crazy things like a near nuclear explosion and almost the contamination of 50 million people's water that happened after this initial event yeah just thank you guys so much for listening to this episode uh chernobyl part one and we will have another episode up for you guys next week so thank you so much thank Thank you you. and remember don't eat bananas if bananas if you don't want little bullets to go through your skin and open your arteries. <laughs> and most of all, don't do horrible things. Bye. Bye.